On this week's Marketing O'Clock, we talked about click-through rates and Google results. New hotel listings and why you may be next. We discovered a little more about Google Discover. And we talked about cheese pickles. And Jess talked about Joni and Chachi, all on this week's episode. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on November 2nd, 2018. Remember, you can catch us live without a net here Fridays on YouTube or consume us via your favorite podcasting player. And as always, you can follow along with us in our show notes. Just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. A shiny new marketing clock, Ooh, I may add. Yeah, we should really plug that. You guys should really go there. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> URL. <laughs> <laughs> all right. First off, guys. Spark Toro has an article out this week. Basically, quick answers are killing your organic traffic. It's not really that dramatic. They call it Google CTR in 2018. Paid, organic, and no-click searches. So over the last basically two years and a half, mobile, uh, these no-click or zero-click searches, as they're calling them, um, have grown by 11%. And on desktop, Nine and a half percent. And in case uh, you're not following along in the show notes, these no click searches, basically when you go to search something and you get the answer that you need right from Google and you don't have to click through into the search results to get any more information. And Jess, when you say Google CTR, I'm assuming CTR, click the rate. Correct. Can you quickly define click the rate? Yes. So that's um, you have how many people see the answer and how many or see the result and how many people click through. And so it's basically clicks over impressions, if you will, click through rate. Fantastic. On, on a percentage basis. So um, again, the amount of searches where people aren't clicking through at all, these zero click searches has increased over the last two and a half years. Google's really been pushing these uh, quick answers or rich results as the article calls them. Um, how it breaks down for every 100 searches that happened on Google on a mobile device in September of this year, 2018, 38 and a half clicked through to an organic result. 3.4 of those searches clicked on a paid result and 61.5 out of 100 were no click searches. That's like a lot, right? Yeah, that's a huge amount. It's, it's more than half if you look at the math. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think 61 <laughs> is confidently more than a half. <laughs> All joking aside, I mean, as, as for why we should care as marketers, I mean, according to the article, Google is getting this content by scraping sites, and then it pulls that content from your site and it presents it to people again right in the search results. So if they're showing great answers and answering people's questions, which is their goal, people may not even click through to the site. So you'll want to be the site that they're, quote, scraping that content from if you can, because they do show the source of that in the quick answer and you could say oh you know awesome.com provided this i love that brand let me head over there yeah <laughs> awesome.com awesome <laughs> that was the best i could come up with on the fly but if it's a good enough answer or if people need more information even though there's a quick answer displayed people might still click through so either way you want to be you want to be that voice right that authority which is probably really hard to do because there's only going to be one um but even so 
with these, the regular organic search results or the blue links, as we like to call them, getting pushed down, it's just really important to be on top of your game from an organic standpoint. And the article does a really good job of giving some advice on how to do that. Uh, the piece that stuck out to me the most in particular, though, was focusing on queries that require more thorough research. So even if there is a quick answer that they can display, you want people to be like, yeah, that that sounds like what I'm looking for, but I need more information to really try and get get that click through. So I know that's a little bit of a, a big ask for people probably in many cases, but I think it's a really, really important piece of advice if this is the environment that we're li living in now. The thing that was crazy to me is 61.5% mm. of yes. mobile searches had non-clickable results. Yeah. That is a lot. That's a lot. And I think the, the big thing is what, what can we do with that? You know, knowing mm -hmm. this is the current environment, how do we proceed as marketers? And to, to your point, Jess, are those queries asking questions? Is there a way we can answer thoroughly? Furthermore, a few week or a few months at this at this point, we had talked about that that speakable markup that Google had mm -hmm. had launched, mm -hmm. trying to work in rich data and also things like speakable markup. This is, you know, on the mobile side, it, a lot of times it's answering questions. And when you look at assistance and you look at Google Home Hub. Thanks, speakable markup. So, you know, again, anything you can do on that, that technical side to make things easier will likely pay off looking at this astonishing 61.5% data. Yeah. And just to be clear, that was on mobile. And on desktop, it's still pretty high. It's over a third of the results on desktop, too, where non-click searches. So it's happening everywhere. It's not just on mobile. One thing that I, I forgot to mention before, too, is that not only are they doing more with these uh, quick answers, but they're also, again, there was a big change a couple years ago that really made ads look a little bit more organic. They still you know, have to write ad next to it, but click-through rate CTR on ads has gone up over the last like two double. years, too. Yeah. yeah, because they look pretty much like organic Wait, results. you're saying that changing it from a bright yellow <laughs> ad <laughs> notation to dark green to then inverting the dark green to mm -hmm. light to, to having a transparent background is making... The ad clicks go up. It is. Who would have thought? I, well, oh, Google surprising. makes more money that way, right? Yeah. So just okay. a lot to think about. It's a really good article, definitely. Okay, and all that data was from JumpShot, and I believe it was compiled by Rand Fishkin. And next up this week, Google is releasing a new design for hotel search results. Many of you right now be th may be thinking at this moment that, hey, mm -hmm. I don't have a hotel, nor do I work for a hotel. But it does matter. It does. And here's why. Google is looking to diversify listings, and they're doing so in a way where you may see this when you're looking to book a trip, now looking to book a hotel. The listings now look very reminiscent of something like TripAdvisor, where mm -hmm. you see these, these in-depth hotel cards. You see a map with the dollar amount per night next to each location, and this is now a destination. Google is no longer providing results. They are providing a service for getting people hotel listings. And it works pretty well. I mean, I was just using this last week to plan a trip. There's a, all the information that you need is pretty much there. Yes. On Google. Absolutely. <clears throat> and to that point, you may have seen that with flights. And one of our coworkers here, Cole, we were just <laughs> recently booking a trip to New York City. And he said, go use Google Flights. <laughs> 
Of course, as a longtime <laughs> search marketer, I was flabbergasted and appalled <laughs> with the fact that I'd be using know better. Google. But I think I think the moral of the story is it, it, it's hotels today, and it may be you tomorrow. And if you look at something like TripAdvisor, initially they had gathered so much of their business from results and Google search engine results rankings. And then they said, hey, we're going to be a brand and we're going to make a great app and we're going to keep people on and we're not going to rely on this. And it's something, hey, don't be complacent. Mm. People that had been promoting hotels in the past looked positively on Google and now <laughs> they're eating their lunch. So it's hotels today and it may be you tomorrow. I love that. That's that's a really good line. And it's a little bit reminiscent to me of what we talked about last week with the CTA buttons that they were forcing onto Google My Business listings. It's not exactly the same thing um, by any means, but just people losing a little bit of control. And, you know, when you want people to come to your site to look at your hotel, you know, you would hope that, again, hopefully they book through Google and it's working, but it's just another way to get people, get them what they're doing on Google. Right, and if Google make, makes a couple of shekels off that mm -hmm. click, they'll likely go that route. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's stop talking about Google for a minute because I feel like we're getting upset here. Uh, let's talk about Facebook instead. They are improving the transparency when it comes to sharing your Facebook Pixel and offline event sets. They're rolling out new requirements when you're sharing a Pixel or event data with a partner or an agency or you know someone else that you work with on Facebook you're going to have to explain now when you do this to Facebook how you're working with that person that you're sharing this data with. And it, it's not that difficult. They give you, I think, three or four options and you just select all that applies. You could say, yeah, they're an agency acting on my behalf or, or something like that. So it's really pretty simple, uh, but it's a big deal. And it is rolling out right now with anyone that is initiating a new share of their Pixel or events. But by mid-2019, which is pretty soon, and it's, you know, about seven, eight months away from now, all businesses that have already shared pixels or events will be asked to fill out the form as well. And they want everyone to be compliant. So just important for us as marketers, whether you're an in-house person or you're on the agency side, just give whoever you're working with a heads up that this is coming. This is something they're going to have to fill out. It should be seen hopefully as, you know, an additional trust signal for advertisers. And it's not too much of a burden, just a couple boxes to tick, but something to keep an eye out for. And my favorite thing with this is that Facebook always uses the same example company with everything they roll out. And it's usually Jasper's Market. I love Jasper. And it's a big green background with a white J on there. And this time, they call it Jasper's Ad Agency. That's Like, cute. they're going all in on Jasper's. And then my favorite thing is, I keep seeing this, this company, this fake company. And so I was looking it up in the past, being like, hey, is Jasper's a real thing? It's not. But apparently there's like a one-off Jaspers and everybody complains on the fake Jasper page about, about some real actual Jasper. Jaspers. That's really and funny. And that got me thinking that um, what we're going to get to in a minute here, but Google launched this new recaptcha coming out and they made something called a, fa a fake business called Meow Boutique Quality <laughs> Cat Supplies. And I was joking around on Twitter with it and my, uh, my buddy from CBS, John Henshaw, was saying that one time he had floated the fake company name and got it approved called Cheese Pickle. And so <laughs> I, I just am a big fan what? of fake company names in general. And I heard Cheese Pickle and thought it was worth a shot. That sounds delicious. Anyway, I hope they become a real company. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Next up, Google.com. When you go to the mobile 
homepage is no longer a search box and now shows Google's Discover feed. What? Hang on, because I'm a noob and I'm an iOS oh, hey, user. Noob. What, what's Google Discover? Okay, so Google Discover has curated stories based off of your history or interests that you've signaled that you like. You may have heard it be called Google Now back in the day, uh, roughly a month and a half ago. <laughs> it was called The Feed, Google Feed, and now it is officially called Google Discover. If you have a Google phone, you can swipe left and you'll likely get to Google Discover. If you have the Google app, you should see Google Discover there. And now, if you go to google.com, <laughs> you will see Discover Stories showing up. And this doesn't seem like a big deal, and you might not think it's a big deal for you, but it is. And Google is really pushing this sort of discovery service, and it's actually really nice. With some of the new controls that you have, you can not mute stories, but you can tone them down. You can get more of certain interests that you like. Or you can stop them all together. And it kind of leads us into this next story that um, segues really well with this, this article is that there's a new native test that was spotted in the wild on Google Discover. And the test itself really looked fantastic and it used the responsive ads from Google Ads to show what you might see typically in a responsive banner into your Discover feed. The example that they gave was for Quicken Loans, and it, somehow mm. it still looked good. I don't know why. <laughs> it, <laughs> like, it really did, though. Yeah. That's as native as you can get. It did. It looked fantastic. And then the one gripe that I had is, I, I'm a big fan of Google Discover. As you well know, Jess, I've been trying to convert you for months and months and months. <laughs> the thing I love about it is that you can just say, hey, politics, no thanks, no. don't want to be depressed today, exit <laughs> out. And with the ad, you couldn't be like, no, I don't want any Quicken loans here. <laughs> like, you could see it come through, like, oh, the interest, this is an ad, and it's Quicken loans. I just want to be like, no thanks, get this one out of here. Like, this is my Discover feed, mm. let me get some of those um, kind of, kind of uh, muting options for there. But for oh, the ads, you want the muting options? Yeah, it it, it cuz mm. I don't want Quicken Loans pulled into my discover. Like what kind of weirdo am I? Like I just <laughs> love Quicken Loans. They like, want you to discover. Yeah, what's them? Dan Gilbert doing know. now? I just love Quicken <laughs> He's the owner of the Cavs who owns Quicken Loans. Cavs like baby cows. No, like the basketball team. <laughs> sports he's, with he's, Jess. A, he's a farmer and a banker. Yeah, sports and loans. I well so I there's a joke here about how we can discover new opportunities as marketers and advertisers, right? Somewhere, because that that could be huge for us, especially if it does look just like part of your feed. People are going to be clicking through. I feel like it could be a good thing, even though you want to be able to turn it off. But as a marketer, do you want people to be able to turn turn down your ads? I mean, the whole reason for this is for Google to discover a new source of revenue. That's it. <gasps> so, but overall, really good. <laughs> Check it out in the show notes. Look at the at the Quicken example here and uh, judge for yourself. But overall, um, it, it is something that we all should really be paying attention towards, mm -hmm. especially towards your article that you talked about first year with 61.5% of, of non-click results. Where else are they going to come from? Maybe it's Discover. That remains to be discovered. <laughs> All right, and that brings us to this week's lightning round. And first up, 
There are two new features available in the ad preview and diagnostics tool or diagnosis tool, whatever, from Google. You can use it based on, you can act as if one, you're one of the audiences that you're targeting, which is cool. And you can also make changes from right within the tool. If Google is telling you your ad isn't showing for a budgetary reason, this is the first thing that they're releasing. You'll be able to fix that right there without having to go back into Google ads, which is cool. Yes. The only thing... Instead of adding two new features, it'd be nice to have three new features where you could click on actually one of the ads and see what the landing pages are. Why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> because I, I'm looking for more than less. Are you trying to solve problems? Yes. Eh. Oh, okay. That's Whatever. It. I right. agree. Next up, Bing, or in, LinkedIn. I, I just I still have last week's episode on the mind. LinkedIn mm-hmm. is introducing measurement with Google Campaign Manager. In case you don't know, Google's marketing platform, formerly known as the Double Click Campaign Manager, is the metric for or, or the platform for measuring ad performance. And now you can see LinkedIn alongside the rest of your spend. You can see the attribution for all ads across all impressions and interactions within Campaign Manager. Very nice. Twitter recently, recently, I don't know, at some point. They increased the character limit up to 280 characters. And after all of this time, we are seeing that Shakespeare was right when he said brevity is the soul of wit. And I also, I know Halloween's over, but Stephen King said, kill your babies, make it shorter. I'm trying to make this quick. Uh, But basically, (laughs) they were both right. According to Twitter, nobody wants to talk that much. Only about 1% of the tweets are hitting that elevated character limit. And Biz Stone from Twitter had followed (laughs) up saying that the use of please is up 54% and the use of thank you is up 22%. That's really sweet. Non-reported fact, the number of like FUs. Like it, wasn't <laughs> it was all like positives. Like let me know how, how, how much else is out there. I, I want to know. Someone please uh, do a study. Let us know. Okay. Next up, Google has introduced ReCAPTCHA volume or version 3.0. And with this version of ReCAPTCHA, you no longer have to decipher all of the street signs, the cars, the trucks, the addresses, and do Google's work for them. <laughs> this new version of ReCAPTCHA takes a look at your entire actions on a website. They have a good video. Again, it has that cat boutique or whatever. <laughs> not, definitely cheese not, pickle? Not cheese pickle. But um, it, it's something to take a look at to make, make it easier on your audience. Yes, I love easy. Uh, Google Ads has now added a segmentation on their store visit conversion action. They are uh, basically letting you know if they are a new person coming to your store or a returning visitor to your store. And I think that's great. I want that information for everything. I just feel like, let's just hook us up with that data everywhere, please. Yes. All right, next up, make money from your actions with Google's Assistant by creating better user experiences. And Alexa has what's called skills. Google Assistant has what's called actions. And you can now monetize those actions by creating your own actions and tying them in with um, some sort of platform that you have. A good example that Google had showed was that you could say, play Castle Master. And (laughs) because I I I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. You probably play it. I know you. And they'll say, all right, it's going to cost $2.99. And then you can verbally say, okay, charge me that. And then boom, you're 
mastering castles or something. Oh, and so that is now something that you can do and you can monetize via actions. Well, I love in-app purchases as my weakness, so can't wait. I just hope that nobody figures out how to monetize like candy purchases because my kids have figured out how to, to add things to a shopping list already oh. and there's been google add m&ms <laughs> to the shopping list <laughs> and they're like if they're gonna be like well it's gonna be five dollars for m&ms to be delivered <laughs> is that okay yeah they're just like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> i may have to look about turning this off a little throwback i can't believe no one talked about m&ms in our candy draft oh good point uh, just just Pe- peanut butter m&ms should have been mm, high up the list if you missed it last week we did after the podcast we had a candy draft yeah and it didn't involve m&ms so Whoops, big mistake on our part. All right, if you're using insertion orders in Bing ads, your life just got a lot easier because they're going to let you set these up to recur and you can set an end date for them or let them run indefinitely, which is great if that's what you want. But, you know, maybe you should keep sort of an eye on things, set them up for a year or something and come back. But cool feature. If you think about it too, just like deep thought, it's Bing ads insertion order. Acronym, BAO. Like Scott Bayo, oh Charles in charge, Chachi. What? We should, <laughs> I'm only going to refer to this as Bayo now. I really I appreciate about that you call this thing. deep yes. thought. <laughs> well, I mean, this is what I think about oh when I'm up goodness. at night not sleeping. Joni loves Chachi, right? There Joni loves insertion orders. <laughs> there you go, Bing. Jeez. All right. Next up this week, Vice. Dot com posed as 100 senators to run ads on Facebook. And guess what? Out of what? these fake 100 senators, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook approved all. They approved what? All of them? All of them. This is, do you know, I have logged into Facebook so many times this week and had, <laughs> can't stop laughing. Oh my God. So on Facebook, they have that new little checkbox where you have to tell them yes or no, you're running political ads from your ads account. And I keep having to tell them no on the same account over and over and over again. But fake senators can run ads and, and Greg is gone. And I'm just going to keep talking because. My big question he left. is so we've got 100 fake senators that were approved to run ads. <laughs> What if they won? Would we be better? Would we be better off today with a hundred fake senators than whatever we have right now? That was just again uh, one of my deep thoughts they're here. Pretty fun people. On that, the news that's this week. All right. Oh, I vote yes. So. Um, you should definitely fill in your meta descriptions, even though they're probably or possibly, I should say, going to be ignored by Google in favor of your site's actual content. And why you should do this is because Google said so. They literally tweeted this. Greg is still laughing and I can't take anything seriously, but this is stupid news anyway. So... (laughs) That's it. Just please write your own meta descriptions and... and you know, write your 100 fake senators if they're not being used. I love how the advice is, yeah, put your meta descriptions in so that we don't have to use them. Like we use (laughs) them like, what, what was it? 65% of the time. Yeah. Take, do all this work. It doesn't have any intrinsic impact on your search engine results, but just do it anyway. Just, just because. Because I said so. Yeah. Because I said so. Why should we do it? Oh, because I said so. All right, next up this week, Google My Business adds a setting for Google Assistant calls over Duplex. In case you don't know what Duplex was, it's a machine learning, or I guess just a, a, a 
machine automated voice that could do tasks for you. When Google announced this back in May, there was a good example of somebody, uh, a Google assistant scheduling a haircut that sounded very human. And there was a lot of blowback on this. People saying, well, this is unethical. You've got these machines talking to people, not identifying themselves themselves as machines. And so now if you are signed up for my business, you can say, yes, I will accept calls from duplex. Yes. And this is something you can actually disable, which is yes. nice. And it's good because, yeah. hey, you might not want to talk to robots. Like that might be your thing. You just want to do business with humans. That's fine. How odd. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Cool stuff, though. And it's nice that you can actually disable it. Google's not taking all the control away. Google Maps has added a follow button to give businesses a new way to connect with users. That is the headline that says it all. I have nothing further to add. Well, so Google bought Waze a while back. And in Waze, you can see police data and things like that and an accident data and, and share information. Maybe give us that. <laughs> Maybe give us that instead of letting us follow a business that we put into our Google Maps. Like, that would be way more helpful. Why did you pay billions of dollars for Bayes? Ways. Like, give me that instead. Okay, next up this week, <laughs> advertisers can now use CPM bidding to buy Cura ads. Wee. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Vimeo has integrated with LinkedIn so that uh, they've enabled video publishing instantly to your company page. And you can go into your Vimeo dashboard to view the stats on that as well. Super cool. And of course, LinkedIn is now owned by Microsoft. And so you wouldn't expect YouTube to be here. But don't just use Vimeo because there's an easy button on Vimeo to get it to LinkedIn. Burn the extra five calories and, and use YouTube if that's something that works better for you. Don't make your business decisions off of an easy button. Yeah, because we said so. All right. And last up this week, Twitter is contemplating removing the like tool in a bid to improve the quality of debate. In case you <laughs> forgot, it used to be called the favorite tool in 2015. I they changed forget. it to the like tool or like button. And it's a heart. It's a like button. It's a heart. Okay. Well, guess what? What? Don't tell people how to use your, 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 pro, <laughs> your, your software. People use that like for lots of different things. It doesn't mean that you actually like something. Again, it used to be called the favorite. And you can give people options of how to use your platform. Why on earth would you take something away? Like you might just be, hey, I'm going to read this later and just use it as a bookmarking option. By taking that away, that is idiotic. And so if they do this, short Twitter. Hot stock tips here on marketingclock.com. <laughs> wow. I, when I first read this, I was like making fun of them because they called it a radical move. <laughs> and I was like, that's not radical, but you just explained it very nicely. So I take that back. But and no one ever likes or favorites or hearts my tweets anyway. So I'm, I'm going to be free of public shame, which will be nice. Perfect. All right. Perfect. And that brings <laughs> us to this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth. So detailed that we cannot cover the entire thing here on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. And today's article comes from Ginny Marvin of Search Engine Land, and it is a study on Amazon advertisers. And the article is called 80% of Amazon advertisers plan to increase budgets in 2018. And 19. Oh, 2019. They might have already increased them for 2018. <laughs> And there's a lot of slides and detail, and it was based on a fairly robust survey of Amazon advertisers. You can also um, download the entire report if you'd like, but 
it is a great look at Amazon advertising. We hear a lot of, of Amazon advertising in the news, but this is actual data towards what people are doing on it. So go check it out. If it looks good, get the report and judge for yourself. Amen. And uh, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch all the content from today's show on marketingoclock.com and show notes in the descriptions below if you're watching on YouTube. Just make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And now we're shooting the heck where there's no more marketing talk. We just shoot the heck. This week, we're bringing back the highly anticipated poke holes in this, Mm. where I threw out a half-baked idea and just tries to poke some holes in this. Or say if it's a good idea. I was going to say, last time, I don't think we poked any holes. We no. liked your ideas last time. Okay. Let's see what we got. First up this week, GPS graveyards. What? This is <laughs> my new thought. I am always distraught when I see this land. We're running out of land. We keep procreating. There's more and more people on this planet. And there's a graveyard by my house that has all flat graves. And I think, go one step further. Just note where it is via GPS, and you just have an open field, rolling hills, beautiful surroundings, and nothing Mm. you have to weed whack all the time. Something (laughs) that people can enjoy. You just know it. No headstones, only GPS. Poke holes in this. So we're burying people in a field and not having headstones and using GPS to find where our loved ones are. I'm not saying field. I'm just saying no headstones. Or whatever. Okay. Um. I uh, I understand what you're saying. You're going to weed whack till perpetuity. Yeah, but I got I got some bigger problems than weed whackers with this. One, how are little kids going to go around with their crayons and do grave rubbings if we don't have gravestones? We're going to lose this moment in history for all future generations. In like three years, we're not even going to have crayons. There's going to be an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. so we'll build an app to go with it. Fine. But don't you worry about like development because we're going to have this nice park or or whatever because people already use cemeteries as parks anyway so now nobody like, ah, uses cemeteries the park as parks who uses cemeteries as parks this when's guy the, you yeah when's the last time you're in a cemetery frolicking like it's a park um i mean i i walk through them very frequently like probably a month ago have you had a picnic time. in a cemetery ever no but i like having nice so romantic not, walks okay but it's not a park <laughs> uh, okay but so you want to make it into a park into a park, but then it's permanent green space because you're never going to be like, hey, let's okay. go do That's, this. That was the hole that yes. I was going to poke was people are just going to be like, brown fields or whatever and put up a building. No? Okay. I, I don't, I so like do gravestones. Yes, because I like gravestones and I like okay. looking at the old like weird ones that they had back in the day and I don't know. Okay, next thought. Poke holes in this. Google Pixel Buds now translate live to different languages as you talk to somebody. I was talking to this banker the other day, and I just felt like I was in like quicksand on how slow he was talking. What about pixel buds that record everything and then play it? Like I listen to podcasts at one point five speed. Of course, record you do. it, play it to one point five speed, <laughs> and just give me something else while he's yammering on. And on. Oh.
It, can you also slow it down if you're having trouble following along no, with someone? That's not in my my version. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want it in my version. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't know how you actually achieve that, but I don't have any holes. I like it. It's nice. I, I mean, I listen to things. I think at normal speed, but you're, okay. Third idea. You're you. <clears throat> Home automation, all the rage. People's <laughs> refrigerators talk to their microwaves. All that stuff. I want the home automation I can use. <laughs> I want an alarm clock that syncs with my bed. And you know how they have those oh. beds that help like older folks get into them and chairs that like recline? Mm-hmm. I want my alarm to go off in the bed just to flip me out. <laughs> flip me out onto the floor. That's the home automation I want. Poke holes in that. All right. I love the idea. The hole that I, I'm trying to find holes because we didn't find holes last time. So... I'm going to poke at the fact that sometimes you share a bed with someone else and you have to wake up at different times. (laughs) So you might be getting up for a flight and your lovely wife, (laughs) your wife gets thrown across the room and she She, has to go back to bed. (laughs) I feel like there's going to be a lot more sleeping on couches, but I think it's a great idea. Okay. And last one this week. Meal replacement bars. <laughs> People <laughs> Those have love been them. made. Yeah. No, I'm talking about meal, meal replacement bars. You what? get a meal replacement bar and it's like, it's like double chocolate chip and cookies and cream. Oh no, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I want these meal replacement bars to be like turkey and gravy. <laughs> That's what I want. I want liver and potato. That's because disgusting. Here's the thing. And chewy form. Here's the thing. You eat one of these meal replacement bars. <laughs> You're never full because you think that you just ate like a cookie or a candy bar. If you ate a meal replacement bar that tasted like liver and onions, you're going to be like, I don't want to eat anymore. (laughs) Look how thin you're going to (laughs) be. So poke holes in that. Uh, It sounds disgusting. I think you're probably right, though. But you brought up gravy and I have to go back to your first thing because I thought you were going to say GPS (laughs) gravy. (laughs) Like. I don't know. To find you, that's why I laughed so hard. I thought you were going to say gravy. Anyway, um, I would not eat a liver and onions granola bar. Like, because okay. what, what is the texture? Meal replacement bar. Yeah. I just picture it's like all liver and then it's like an onion jelly in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds disgusting. All right. And that does it. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>